Hello and welcome to yet another Agile podcast where we turn a critical lens on the state of Agile. I'm Michael Callahan and I'm your host and I'm glad you're here. Yet another Agile podcast is brought to you by Mindset 180. At Mindset 180, we put the I, the individual, back into Agile. I'm going to say a word, and I want you to make note of the first thing that comes to mind. Here goes. Are you ready? Agile. So what was it? What was the first reflexive thought? Did you immediately go to visions of high-performing development teams smiling as they stood around their team boards, gleefully using enough post-it notes to keep 3M at the top of the paper product food chain for one more year? Or was it something else? Maybe it was a feeling of dread in the pit of your stomach. Dread because you've been going through agile transformation after agile transformation after agile transformation. Scrum to safe. Back to Scrum. Now Kanban. Now back to Scrum. Another coach to tell you you're writing your user stories wrong. Maybe it was something else altogether. Was it, was it a positive reaction? Negative? Was it excitement? Dread? Was it apathy? Truth be told, it wouldn't surprise me if you felt at least two of those reactions. And it's hard to know which one was actually the first reaction. Throughout my career, I've gone back and forth about Agile. At times, it was a bit of a love-hate relationship. I've been one of its biggest advocates as a developer, a leader, as a coach. I've lamented the state of Agile as the same as a developer, as a leader, as a coach. For nearly two decades, but despite my frustrations with agility... I still believe in its promise. You know, if you ask 10 people about what Agile meant, you would probably get at least six, six different answers. To some, Agile is almost like a religion. Well, let's face it, not almost like a religion, but like a real religion. With its sacred ceremonies and dogma, they curse the non-believers, the infidels, the project managers. The Agile Manifesto is viewed like a sacred text whose secrets will unlock the kingdom of Agile enlightenment. Now, some see Agile as process engineering. They blend Agile values and principles with lean thinking. They focus on the removal of waste, the removal of delays, through some systematic evolution of the system. Some see it as a development thing. And, and, and this really goes two ways. On the one hand, you have the non-developers who think Agile doesn't affect their behavior at all. On the other, the developers. They resent the non-technical types who are butting into the good thing that was meant for them. And, and some, and, and this has become more and more common, see it as a cash cow. Transformations, coaching, Certifications, books, conferences, fame, fortune, glory. I could go on for a while. Agile can mean so many different things to so many different people. I'll tell you something that I've noticed a little more and more over the past few years. People see Agile as an annoyance. They're on their fifth Agile transformation initiative. They've tried frameworks, coaches, practices, tools, 
And just when they thought they had it figured out, boom, new leadership comes in and decides the current flavor of Agile isn't to their taste. It's no surprise, really, that so many people see Agile so differently. We're all subject to seeing things through our own filters, and usually those filters are entirely self-serving. The developer who believes that they don't need to document anything because working software over comprehensive documentation. The recent MBA who dreams of being an author and respected and saw Agile as a vehicle to achieve their professional goals. The PMO director who sees things like velocity and burndown charts as a way to apply controls to their projects. All these people and more see Agile as they want it to be. I'm not saying they're necessarily wrong. Well, well, some of them are wrong. The problem comes in when Agile belief becomes part of a power struggle. When my vision of Agile doesn't align with your vision of Agile. And you're in charge. So I just suck it up and I complain under my breath. Or I go back to my own personal Agile echo chamber and talk about how your Agile isn't real Agile. Once again, heretics, non-believers. There, there goes the religion reference again. So where does that lead us? What are we going to do about it? I, I, I think it comes back to basics. Back to the values and principles. That processes and tools don't replace people talking about stuff. That delivering the most beautiful document that describes the brilliant system that will one day solve all your problems doesn't replace delivering something that solves some of your problems today. That working together to figure out what you really need is better than disappearing for months and giving you what you said you wanted in the beginning. And that, as General Dwight David Eisenhower said, plans are useless, but planning is essential. I could drone on and on for hours about the 12 principles here, but I, I won't. You've heard it before, I'm sure. But, but here's the challenge. Read them. Go to agilemanifesto.org and click on the principles link. Read them and ponder. Do you disagree with any of them? Do you see them as absolutes? Do any of them conflict with your beliefs? Probably not. Now, you may see some that you would question your ability to reach that utopian state. And, and that's real. I mean, yes, yes. Face-to-face -face communication is best. But it doesn't mean that you have to stay up until 2 a.m. every night to work with your teams on the other side of the world. You know, now that I think about it, the principles of the manifesto has one absolute, one inflexible statement, and that's, that's contained in the very first principle, and that is that our top priority is satisfying our customers. Yes, Agile is frustrating. Yes, different people see the world through their own experiences. And yes, sometimes things don't go the way we believe they should. So when you get that notification that there's been a change in the way Agile is being done in your organization, ask yourself, are our customers happy? Are we delivering the value that they need when they need it? Could we do better? 
is this an opportunity to do better? I mean, maybe I'm naive, but change usually occurs for a reason. That something, something in the status quo isn't working. And just because it doesn't meet my worldview, my biases, doesn't mean it's bad. It's just different. So, so give it a go. And we'll be back after the break to answer some burning questions that have come in. You are listening to yet another Agile podcast brought to you by Mindset 180. Yet another Agile podcast is brought to you by Mindset 180. At Mindset 180, we put the I, the individual, back into Agile. Welcome back to yet another Agile podcast. My name is Michael Callahan, and I am your host. For this segment, we will be answering questions that have come to us. Uh, The first question, it comes from Mary in New Jersey, and Mary asks, Many of my colleagues are reluctant to go to Agile. They're stuck in their waterfall processes. How do I convince them to move from waterfall to Agile? Well, Mary... That's a big question, and, and, but I'm going to start my answer by asking you a question. Why should they? The reason that I ask is because if you're going to try and convince people to change, they need to understand the why. What is the compelling business driver for change? Are you struggling to meet commitments? Are you trying to keep up with changing needs? Is it, is it quality problems? If you can identify the real business reason then you can make a case as to how Agile will help move that needle. If you can get agreement that there's a problem to be solved, you can create that sense of urgency. We need to fix this. And in order to do that, we need to do, and here's how we will know that it's working. Align people to a mission. Next, educate them on what they get from Agile. Not, not iterations and stand-ups, but the discipline that you need to overcome your challenges. It's also going to give you clarity because once you've convinced them, you're going to have to ask a whole lot more people to make a pretty dramatic shift and they'll deserve an explanation. I, ho- I hope that helps, Mary. Um, reach out if I can expand or clarify anything and, and good luck. The next question we have comes in from Raina in Michigan. Raina asks, is safe agile? (laughs) Wow, you could have picked a little more controversial question for the first episode. Uh, Well, great question, Raina. And and here's my answer. And and this is going to be a consultant's answer. Ready? It depends. It depends on the people who are doing it. Are they doing SAFE as a way to scale Agile or are they using SAFE to maintain their legacy mindset? I've seen both. If it's seen as a process or a way to standardize or if it's used to enforce rigid release dates or create or reinforce an existing hierarchy, then it's probably not. So here's a question. When they talk about SAFE, 
How do they talk about it? Are they talking about the principles, agile principles, safe principles, or is it about standards? Is it about controls? Is it about repeatable processes? That's less agile and more PMO. Thanks for that question, Raina. Uh, appreciate it, and hopefully that helps. Well, thank you for listening. I hope, I hope it gave you some food for thought. If you'd like to reach me, you can send me an email at mcallahan at mindset180.com. That's M-C-A-L-L-A-H-A-N at mindset180.com. Or, or look me up on LinkedIn. It's Michael Patrick Callahan. Send me your burning questions. Praise me for my brilliance. Lambaste me for my ignorance. We'll be back in two weeks for another installment of yet another Agile podcast. As always, I am your host, Michael Callahan, and I appreciate your time. Stay Agile, my friends.